This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. So you've been seeing the Prophet ﷺ from afar. You've seen him in Jum'ah. You've prayed behind him wasallam. You've seen him in the battles. You've seen him in the difficult times. You've seen him in the celebrations and the feasts and their Eid. And you've been in some small gatherings with him, but now you want to invite the Prophet ﷺ to your house. So what should you know if you're going to walk up to the Prophet ﷺ and say, Ya Rasulullah, Will you come to my house? First and foremost, the Prophet said that I will accept the invitation of anyone, even if all they have to serve me is the arm or the foot of a sheep. So you don't have to worry about not having enough to serve the Prophet or that being a factor. If you're going to invite the Prophet no matter what you're serving him وسلم, he will come. Another thing is that the Prophet وسلم, would not only accept the invitations of a certain class of people. Anas anhu, he says that Rasulullah used to visit the sick, he used to attend the janaz, used to attend the funerals, he used to ride on donkeys وسلم, and he used to accept the invitations of everyone, even those who were enslaved. So SubhanAllah, imagine someone who is a slave in a society and he invites the Prophet وسلم, the Prophet will accept the invitation. So Anas anhu is saying this was the nature of the Prophet and the way the Prophet was. And so just like when it came to visiting the sick, he did not care if this was a powerful person or not. And he attended all of the janaz, all of the funerals, and he rode even on the most humble of animals, the Prophet accepted an invitation, no matter how humble the invitation was. So you come home and you say, Rasulullah is coming to dinner. What do we serve this man We know that he does not eat extravagantly, but we want to give him something that he likes So for one, the Prophet liked cold, sweet drinks So he loved al-laban, he loved uh, yogurt drinks He loved cold water that he would sweeten with honey This was a hot desert climate, so the Prophet's preferences in that regard reflect that and the Prophet ﷺ was very simple in that he liked to have a bread of sorts وسلم, and he liked to rub it with something. He liked to put something on that bread. And whatever it was that the Prophet ﷺ could dip that bread in, he was pleased with it So if you had honey, the Prophet ﷺ loved honey. If you had date paste, that was one of the favorite foods of the Prophet ﷺ. If you had only oil, the Prophet ﷺ loved that. And subhanAllah, even vinegar, you know, the Prophet ﷺ said what a good paste vinegar is. If all you had was vinegar and he took some bread ﷺ to rub and to uh, put vinegar on it, the Prophet ﷺ would eat it ﷺ. When it came to the, the lamb, the Prophet ﷺ loved the shoulder of the lamb. And that's why you have the famous hadith of Aisha where she donated everything from the lamb except for the shoulder. She said, Ya Rasulullah, I saved this for you. And the Prophet said, rather you gave away the shoulder in that you did not take the ajr, the reward of the shoulder in sadaqah and charity because the Prophet loved to give what he loved most Now, when you serve the Prophet food, the Prophet would never criticize food, nor would he overpraise it, right? And that's from his adab, his akhlaq, from his mannerism And some of the ulama, they say that one of the wisdoms of that 
is that if the Prophet would overpraise some food, then if you did not get the overpraise for food, then you would think that something was wrong with it. So the Prophet was always grateful. He never dismissed food. He never criticized food, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's not one single narration of him criticizing food. And at the same time, the Prophet would simply thank you for the food so that he doesn't set a standard, alayhi salatu wasalam, where you expect lots of praise for the food. But if the Prophet liked your food, then it was obvious, right? And there's a particular Persian neighbor that the Prophet had, and he used to make a really good broth, a really good soup. And he used to give it to the Prophet sometimes, and Rasulullah loved it. So because he knew that the Prophet liked this very particular broth, he goes to the Prophet and he says, Ya Rasulullah, come to my house and eat some of my soup. The Prophet he has Aisha He says, Wahadi, can she come too? He said, no. So SubhanAllah, the next day, he comes to the Prophet and he invites the Prophet again for soup. The Prophet said, can my wife come? He says, no. The Prophet said, then I'm okay. I don't want to come. So the third time, he invites the Prophet over to his house. And after he invites the Prophet the Prophet says, Wahadi, can I bring my wife? And he says, okay. The Prophet says, okay, we're coming. And Imam Anawi, he comments on this. He said that the Prophet disliked attending a special meal without Aisha. So if you're inviting the Prophet you invite his wife as well. And this was, again, a very unique way of the Prophet showing the consideration that he had for his family in a society that really was not used to that. You also could expect that the Prophet would bring along with him Ahlul Sufa, the poor people uh, that lived in the masjid or the orphans or the hungry. The Prophet would always bring his posse and his posse was the forgotten. And there is this beautiful narration as well because, you know, if you had him in your house, وسلم, wouldn't you want him to make du'a for you, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you've served him وسلم, He's eaten your food. He said, Jazakumullahu khaira. You've established probably a new level of your relationship with him because you've had him in your house and he's eaten with you وسلم, But you'd want his du'a, right? And you'd want him to pray in your house. Like how special is it to say that the Prophet وسلم, prayed in my house? And that's something so beautiful about him وسلم, that he knew that. And so the Prophet وسلم, would pray in people's homes so that they could feel that connection. And they would take that place as a musalla, of course, and they love that place. Anas says, Salaytu ana wa yatimun fi baytina khalfa nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa um sulayn khalfana. Anas describes this. He says, I remember one time the Prophet وسلم, was a guest in our home and I prayed behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Next to me was an orphan and behind us was Umm Sulaym radiallahu ta'ala anha, who of course was the mother of Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he even says, one time my grandmother, Mulaika, uh, was the name of his grandmother radiallahu ta'ala anhu. One time she invited the Prophet over and she wanted the Prophet to eat from her food. So the Prophet obliged. And after the Prophet came, the Prophet said, let's pray together. So I brought out this hasir, this one rug that we had and it was old and beat up. And we prayed two rak'ahs on it, and then the Prophet ﷺ left. So the Prophet ﷺ would not just come to your house as a guest and develop a connection with you, but he would make sure that he blessed your house, that you always felt that connection, ﷺ, whether he was physically present in your home or not. <laughs> Sallu 
صلوا صلى الله عليه وسلم